Hey, welcome. Merry Christmas Eve. So happy to be gathered with you all this evening. If you're a guest or you're just with us because you're with family, I just want to say welcome. I'm so happy you're here. Um, I think tonight what I want to draw us into is the wonder of God's love for us, for you and for me. I think there's so many different things that we wonder about. I don't know about you, but I actually find myself to be a pretty good daydreamer, really. I can be sitting in a room with people that I love, important people that I care about, and I can still have my wife look across the room and go, where are you right now? <laughs> Anyone else? Am I like, who else just loves to daydream? Like, you can just get lost in all sorts of squirrel kind of thought, you know what I mean? Wonder, like, I, I wonder what you all wonder about. Kids, how many of y'all are wondering what present exactly is wrapped under your Christmas tree right now? <laughs> can I, kids, can I just know, like, how many of y'all, it's the tradition, you get to open one Christmas present on Christmas Eve. Is that anyone in this room? Okay, how many of y'all, you're doing all your presents tomorrow morning, like you just can't wait. Okay, so for the 19 of you that raised your hand, are the, the, the rest of you all get Christmas presents already? You're done? Is that what happened? <laughs> or you're just moms and you just don't know if you even have a Christmas present coming. Is that what's happening? <laughs> I'm joking. Um, there's so many things that we can get lost and wonder about. You know, I, like I kind of wonder if the Broncos will actually turn their football season around this evening. Anyone else with me there? Some of y'all are more hopeful than I am. I'm not really waiting for that to happen. I just, it might happen. But um, uh, there's so many things we wonder about. That feeling, that emotion of wonder, what that feels like. I think it's when your head comes up with an idea that's too big or, or the problem is so far out in front of you that you're, you can't quite sink into it fully. And for some of us, there's silly things that we could talk about that we're wondering about. For others of us, I think there are deeper and more significant wonderings in the room. You're wondering why that person that you care so much about isn't with you this Christmas Eve. Maybe it's the first time. Maybe it's, it's been many years and you're still not quite over it yet. There's some of you, you know, I, I wonder this sometimes. Why, why is it that bad things happen to good people? I know a lot of good people. I know a lot of people who do a lot of things right. And they prepare themselves and they take care of other people. And they're generous and they're kind. And they still have bad things that can happen to them, right? How many of y'all, I know you all have wondered this, why is it that good things happen to bad people? You know? <laughs> Am I alone in that? You're just like, you're like that guy? Really, God? You're going to do that for him? Are you serious right now? Like, we have these deep questions. And for me, nothing really does it like on Christmas Eve when I start to wonder about what it was like for Christ to put on human flesh and come to this earth as a baby. If you think about it, like Jesus went from one moment being in the halls of heaven in all of his majesty to then being confined to this tiny little manger. Isn't that incredible? Can you imagine what that would have felt like to go from all-knowing, all-powerful, ever at once to being unable to walk at all? I wonder what it would have been like to be the being who at one point opened his mouth and the universe fell out. And the next moment, you're just opening your mouth and all you can seem to do is muster up a cry. And maybe Mary was a really attentive and responsive mom, but maybe she wasn't. Maybe she let him cry out at bedtime, you know, because she was just trying to get on that sleep schedule. I know what that's like, and that's real. Mother of the Son of God, but yes, she needs her Zs too. She needs eight hours, people. That's an important number, right? For me, nothing really does it like Jesus coming to this earth because there's never been such a, a stoop down for any other person ever. He's fully God, and yet he chooses in a moment to, to put on flesh, to wrap himself in flesh, and to come and to dwell with people, to be with people. And there's so much of this wonder that is caught up all over Scripture. If I think about the prophet Isaiah's words, God speaks this to Isaiah for Isaiah to speak to the people of God. And this is a popular verse that we read around Christmas time. It says, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given. 
So if you think of being the people of God, Israel, the, this nation waiting for an actual person to arrive, waiting for a human to be born, a, a, someone to come to rescue them, to deliver them, to save them. And it says this person, they're going to have the government will be upon his shoulders. As in, he will be the king of all kings, the Lord of all lords. All authority in heaven and on earth will be given to him, right? Every single ruler, every single entity is going to be under his purview as the, the, the one who is a child, who is a son, has the government resting on his shoulders. And his name will be called Wonderful Counselor. As if to say that all of his ways are good and they are right. The way that he instructs and the precepts and the laws that he gives, this person, this baby to come, the way that he carries about himself will be counsel that is good for the soul. His instruction will be leading you into everlasting life, not away from it. He's not trying to rob you from something. He's trying to usher you into a place that is really good. He's a wonderful counselor, but he's also a mighty God. So somehow this, this teeny little baby is going to be a mighty God. And we capture just kind of the wrestle of the incarnation, don't we? How, how is this person fully God and fully man? And yet here he is, the savior of the world, born in a manger, born to Mary and Joseph, and yet he is, he is this mighty God wrapped in flesh. He's a wonderful counselor, a mighty God, and an everlasting father, meaning that no matter who you are, not just for the nation of Israel, not just for the people of God, but for those who are far away from him, to the Gentiles, you and me, by the way, we have been grafted into this story because he is an everlasting father, which means he takes the, aliener, the alien, the foreigner, the stranger, the orphan, and he gives them a home. He brings us in and considers us part of the family. So now we don't have to relate to God in this kind of like, have I been good enough? Have I been bad enough? We have this list of have we done all these things right? We get to relate to him as one would relate to a friend. We get to say, we get to embrace him. We get to think of him just like the embrace, the warm embrace between a father and a daughter, a father and a son. He's an everlasting father and he's the prince of peace. As in this child that is to be born, this son that is to be given, is going to usher in a new age of peace. That despite all the different chaotic things that are happening in our world, and there are, there are plenty of chaotic things in our world, aren't there? Here we are with a defiant peace that somehow transcends the circumstances that are around us. That's what Jesus is inviting us into. I also, if you kind of thumb through scripture, then you look at the Apostle John and his words about Jesus and the wonder that he had, how somehow in the person of Jesus, we have light and life so intertwined into one another. It says, in him was life and the life was the light of men. So this person that's being delivered to the world is now the, the light life of mankind. And I think we can all relate to this. That's why I love the imagery of light and of dark because we all, if we're honest, are afraid of the dark. Are we not? So y'all don't just run up those basement stairs a little quicker when you turn that light off? I know we do. If I were to turn every single one of these lights off in this room and we only had one doorway that was lit, we would all be drawn that direction. Light is this warmth. It's this welcome. It's this invitation to step in. And Jesus coming to this earth is the light life of mankind. The light shines in the darkness. And I love this line, and the darkness shall not overcome it. I've been in some really dark places. I remember one time when I was a kid going to some cave. They're like, turn all the lights off. And it's like, you can't even see your hand in front of your own face. And we do it. And I'm like, sure enough, nothing's there. You know how, you know, when you're in that situation, you try to like open your eyes bigger as if that's going to happen, you know? 
And it was like, oh my gosh, this is so dark. And yet, as soon as the light comes back on, do you know what happens? The darkness cannot overcome the light. Light always overcomes that which is dark, which gives us hope in this hurting world, doesn't it? If you flash forward now, who is, this is writing from the Apostle Paul, who's now reflecting back on the life of Jesus, and he's caught up in this wondrous thought about who Jesus was. He's caught up on this thought where he says, who Jesus, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped or held onto or clung to for his own advantage. But instead he emptied himself. He humbled himself. He laid aside his godliness so that he would take on the form of a servant being born in the likeness of men. And being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. And so there's never been a further condescension is what the word is, where, where someone has st- taken such a great leap for mankind, going from the highest of highs to the lowest of lows. And I think this creates wonder in us because we wonder why. We wonder why. But the good news for us this Christmas Eve is we don't actually, as much as we can wonder what that would be like for Jesus to step down out of heaven and to put on flesh and to come and be subject to like a diaper, we don't have to wonder why he came. It says very clearly, we can look at Jesus' words himself in John three sixteen. You know the verse. It's one of the most popular verses. It says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, so that whoever would believe in him would not would not perish, but would have eternal, everlasting life. So why did Jesus come? Jesus came because he loves you. It was love that compelled him to come down from heaven and to save us. Holiness, putting on flesh to live this perfect life so that you and me did not have to live separated from him anymore, but now we could have a life infused with his life, and that life would be full of hope and peace and joy, even in the midst of things that cannot be described that way. And so here we are, celebrating Christmas on Christmas Eve, sometimes I wonder why we celebrate Christmas one day early and really the season starts on a different holiday. Isn't that weird? Y'all ever wonder that before? You can laugh a little. It's okay. I mean, I know, I know I'm dressed like this. You're probably wondering, does he always dress like that? The answer is no. I just dress like that because y'all decided to come today, right? You don't all come every single week. So I just, my wife picked out some clothes that she thought would look nice. Christmas is celebrated on December 25th. There's one story, and I don't know if this is true or not. There's one story that goes, they picked that day, knowing that Jesus probably wasn't born that time of year, but because scientists used to believe that December 25th was the winter solstice or the shortest day of the year, when darkness was most prevalent, when it would have been cold and bitter. And it's in that space that the light of the world decided to come to mankind. How beautiful is that? This whole Advent season, we've been looking at this concept of light through testimonies, I guess you could say, stories of what God has done. And all these stories are are really humbling to read through. Over the last several weeks, we've been asking people to turn in stories, and I have hundreds of testimonies of things that God has done in people's life. And and there's a story of, you know, a, a young gal who finds herself unexpectedly pregnant, and her whole family isn't helping her. And yet she comes and meets some girls from this church and they decided to wrap around her, bring her meals, be present when no one else in her family was present. They decided to show her the love of Jesus tangibly because no one else in her family would. It's amazing, isn't it? Or or what about the lady who, she was painfully walking every single day and so she goes to the doctor like most of us. She gets an MRI on her knee only to be told the only way to solve this is gonna be surgery. 
later that day, somebody starts to pray for her. And, and lo and behold, a year later now, she is running free of pain. Folks, that is, that is two miracles in one. First of all, she's deciding to run on her own volition without being chased by anybody. <laughs> but God healed her knee in a certain way. What about, the, what about the young man in high school who sent in the story that said, I've been struggling with my identity and everything everywhere is tempting me to go in this way or that way. And yet I was woken up in a dream, reminded of the fact that in the Psalms, it says, God, you formed my inward parts. You created my inmost being. I will praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. What about the woman who came down to me after service a couple months ago? And she had, this was probably a year ago. She had tears in her eyes saying, my husband is struggling with alcoholism and it's killing him and it's killing our marriage. And then a couple months back, that same man comes down and tells me, I I have been set free from alcoholism. I am no longer drinking. My marriage is stronger than ever. God has intervened in my life. Can I tell you something? God is not done working. God is still writing stories of his hope in the middle of despair. He's writing stories of his peace in the middle of chaos. He's writing stories of his joy in the midst of people's suffering. And all of that, I say all of that, we light up one of these candles every single time. These candles represent different stories that have been turned in. And that's really beautiful and it's really sweet. And it makes, it makes for a sweet back of the stage decoration, doesn't it? <laughs> but it's not as important as the question that I want to ask you now. And that's my wonder of what story is God wanting to write in your life today? You found yourself here. I don't know why you came. Maybe you were tricked by a family member and you just, you're, you're here now and you're like, oh, well, whatever. I'll give it an hour and then we'll go eat some dinner. There's at least three of you in this room and I'm just, I'm glad you're staying. Thank you so much. <laughs> it's okay. But I wonder if you didn't find your way here on Christmas Eve, celebrating the savior of the world on accident, maybe. But in this moment, what you're going to have is you're going to have a reality check with the love of God coming into your life. Have you, have you stopped in the middle of this chaotic season to consider the fact that Jesus loves you? Jesus loves you enough to humble himself that much to come all the way down to heaven so that he would live this perfect, blemish-free life, pay the penalty that you and I deserved on the cross. You can't separate the incarnation from the crucifixion. You just can't. As much as Christmas and Easter are different holidays, they're the same thing. Jesus came to die for our sin, to take our place so that we could have relationship with him. So I don't know if it's hope that you need tonight, but I know this. I know that Jesus wants to start rewriting your story with him. The first thing that I know for sure is that God is primarily after a right relationship with you. And the beautiful part of that is all that takes is our response to say, okay, God, I'm done being the Lord of my own life. I've made all these mistakes in my life. That's what's so ironic about Christmas is we've somehow reduced it to this like naughty or nice list. When in reality, kids, can I tell you a little secret right now? Your parents messed up this year. For sure they did, for sure. They, listen, your parents might've even messed up today. Your parents might've even, ironically enough, messed up on the way to church today. How awesome is that? And the really good news is even though all of us have sinned and fallen short of God's perfect standard for our life, that Jesus came so he could make a way where there was no way. And he could say, if you would just lay down your control, if you could just lay down your life and trust me and follow me, then I will bring you into a new kind of life that you've never known before. And that's the invitation that's on the table today because God loves you. So I'm gonna light these candles. 
And as we do, we're gonna get ready. We're gonna sing Silent Night together. It's one of my favorite moments the whole entire year. We're gonna cut out these lights. And even now, maybe if we could just kind of bring the lights down. The Advent candles are something that you might think is too old school, maybe not relevant anymore. But the beauty is that the light of the world has come and darkness cannot overcome it. And so here's what I would love for you to do. As we consider the four candles on the outside represent hope, peace, joy, and love. The center candle represents the Christ candle, him coming to this earth to save us. So in just a minute, you're gonna have your candle and you're gonna light that. And you're gonna have your own candle, your own light that's lit in front of you. If you guys could all just even stand right now. I would love for you, as you look at that warm flickering flame in front of your face, and you, and you consider how that light has just come on, it's lit up not just you, but the other people around you. It's that invitation of the good news that Jesus wants to bring into your life. And so again, my question for you this morning is I wonder this afternoon, I wonder what God wants to do in your story even today.